Hey y'all, and welcome back to Gimme the Creeps with Abby and Daniela. Welcome back. I hope everyone had a salacious holiday weekend. Ooh, I second that. I hope it was wonderful and safe and that storm gets lost. Um, The weather is nice over here today. It feels like spring almost, like kind of warm. How much did it snow over there? I don't know how many inches, but it did stick for like up to two days. So, And then the ice. Yeah, there was ice. Hunter tried to leave because I don't know why he... He always wants to be like out and about, especially if there's snow. I don't know why. He like looks at it as a challenge. Well, I look out the window and he's trying to reverse out of the driveway and it's not happening. So I was like, that's what he gets. And I started laughing. So he couldn't, he was trapped. It was awesome. He was trapped here with me. So as we close out the year, um, as true crime community online members, We are thankful for the countless mysteries that are being looked at with the microscope of justice and actually being solved. This year, we even got to revisit some cases that we covered because of updates. Um, For instance, Scott Peterson was taken off death row. However, he was recently denied a new trial. The Delphi murders case is coming to be fully solved with someone finally in custody The Keddy Cabin murder case is still being investigated, and authorities say they are closer than ever uh, to solving it. And uh, cases that we have not covered have even been solved, like the Boy in the Box case. After 60 years of wondering who this poor murdered child was, a four-year-old boy named Joseph Augustus Zarelli has been identified. Although the victim has been identified, this is now an open and active homicide case. We wish them luck in finding whoever beat that poor baby to death. And DNA has put authorities in touch with relatives of the child. However, names are not being released out of respect for Joseph's living siblings. On January 13th of this coming year, Joseph would have been 70 years old. Rest in peace. Oh my God. Um, yeah, we never covered that one, so I just wanted to give a little synopsis, but wow. Uh, yeah, he would be 70 if he was alive. It's really crazy. Right? So strange. Her is really crazy still. Right, I agree. So they are looking into it, and they say that they have an idea of who it is, but they're not naming any names. They haven't even released the names of the parents of the child either just so Mm. nobody you know jumps the gun um so that is just a little bit of a sneak peek into that case but if we do ever cover it it will be um, in depth moving on to today's alarming case i want to keep in mind that we are not internet detectives, but we always have high hopes that awareness will allow cases to get solved. We enjoy breaking down the findings and discussing the endless possibilities. So once again, thank you guys for being along for the ride. It's been a crazy year. So jumping right in, I'm going to do my best not to pass judgment on people in this story or accuse anyone, but y'all will see the frustration So Lauren Quinique Smithfields was born on January 23rd, 1998 in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Her parents are Chantel Fields and Everett Smith, 
and she has three brothers, Kyle, Lakeem, and Tavar. She was described as bubbly, and she loved fashion and traveling. She is also very stunning in all her photos, so full of life. She graduated from Stanford High, Stanford High School, and was a student of Norwalk Community College with aspirations. She was friendly, and she wanted to be a physical therapist. It's December, and I'm sure the semester is winding down, maybe some exams and then holiday break, of course. So with Christmas coming up, Lauren was always in touch with family, but especially now, um, it's very expected. Well, on December 13th, 2021, Chantel Fields, Lauren's mom, can't get a hold of her. She's like, well, that's weird, but it had been a few days since she last spoke to her, so it was very weird. And Lauren was even in charge of hosting their Christmas this year, so Chantel decides to drive over since they need to go over the Christmas plans. She pulls up, and when she gets to her apartment door, she finds a note on it that reads, If you are looking for Lauren, call this number. Her mom dials the number and reaches her daughter's landlord, who informs her the terrible news. Lauren Smithfields had passed away. What? Her mom was at a loss for words. This news was not only unexpected, but it was unexpected coming from the damn landlord. Like, what the hell happened? So, let's back up because if you aren't already mad, you're about to be. In the days leading up to her last, Lauren was mingling online. She was on Bumble and she met a guy named Matthew LaFountain on there, so they began talking. So on December 11th, 2021, the two met up for a date. She invited him to her apartment in Bridgeport where they played games and watched a movie. According to LaFountaine, I don't know if it's LaFountaine or LaFountain, but anyways, the guy, LaFontaine, Matthew, spelled like fountain, but yeah. LaFontaine. So according to LaFontaine, the two took two tequila shots and played games and started watching a movie. Then Lauren's brother Lakeem stopped by. She stepped outside to give him a basket of his clothes. I guess maybe she did his laundry for him or I don't know. But when she came back inside, he says that she went to the bathroom where she stayed for 15 minutes, maybe 10 to 15 minutes. And then she fell asleep on the couch while they finished the movie. He carried her to bed and fell asleep next to her. He woke up at 3 a.m. and she was snoring. But when he woke up at 6.30 a.m., he said that she was lying on her right side with blood coming from her right nostril onto the bed and she was not breathing. He called the police and answered their questions and they determined there on the spot that he played no role in what happened to her and let him leave. The authorities then took Lauren's phone, keys, passport, and the one thousand three hundred and forty five dollars in cash that she had there and left they never tried to reach out to her family initially at all over 24 hours later her poor mother would find out what happened from the landlord what the fuck right so they show up you know they confirm that she's dead and they ask matthew a few questions let him leave and then take those items and they leave as well um When the landlord uttered those news to her, Chantel said, I started panicking. All I could do was just stand there like if I was frozen. I could not believe what he was telling me, that my baby was gone. Fields and her son, who was with her when they headed over to see Lauren, called the detective that the landlord, I guess, had the number for. And when they called him, Kevin Cronin, he said he'd be there in 30 minutes. He never showed up. 
They tried calling him again, and he hung up on them. What? It was offensive and unprofessional. Fields told Rolling Stone, How they spoke to us was disgusting. Hanging up the phone and telling us to stop calling him, Officer Cronin needs to lose his job. When the family finally reached someone at the police department, they were told about the Bumble date, and they told them, Don't worry, he was a really nice guy, and there was no need to investigate. She could tell... Girl, I'm imagine your friend or you know whoever someone you know and you're calling to like figure out what happened. They're like, "Oh no, it was fine. It's fine. It was it, you know. He's cool." Uh, like, uh, what uh. the fuck? Um, so she could tell right away how far that they would get with the authorities' help. So Chantel took it upon herself to look into this, no matter how painful it may be. She needed to find out what happened to her daughter. So she goes back to the apartment. She sees that the important belongings were taken, but um, they left behind a few things. And uh, she finds a used condom, the bloody sheets that were left behind, and then a mysterious pill, which I still don't know if they have identified what the pill was. I'm sorry, y'all didn't look that up. But bottom line is, like, they didn't look at what was around. Despite these discoveries, police reportedly still failed to submit the evidence to forensics. So they, did, they didn't treat this as an investigation at all. Just like they had told her mom, they weren't worried about it, and it showed. A complete stranger stayed over, but there was no need to look into this, right? Over a month would pass before an investigation would even begin. Six weeks after her death, the chief medical examiner stated her cause of death was acute intoxication due to the combined effects of fentanyl, fentanyl promethazine, hydro hydroxyzine and alcohol it was ruled an accidental death what the fuck oh lord so the unanswered questions remain why hadn't the authorities taken this more seriously and notified the family themselves the family hired attorney darnell crossland to sue the city for failing to properly investigate the circumstances surrounding her death according to npr Crossland said, I've never seen a medical examiner conclude a mixture of drugs as an accident without knowing who provided the drugs or how it was ingested. Lauren didn't do drugs. Chantel Fields said that Lauren was not on drugs. She worked out every day and was on a plant-based diet. Her brother, who was the last to see her besides Matthew, said that she seemed perfectly fine when they spoke. She looked normal. She didn't look sick or tired or drunk and said as her second older brother, that if he would have noticed, he would have asked, what are you doing and why do you look like that? Her Mm -hmm. family was so determined that her case was overlooked that they organized a march on her birthday. On January 23rd, 2022, what would have been her 24th birthday, people marched outside of the Bridgeport mayor's office and released balloons singing happy birthday to their daughter, niece, cousin, and friend. Oh, Crossland and many who know of the case claim the authorities were racially insensitive. Many of the family supporters say that this case is a clear example of missing white woman syndrome. If Lauren was white, maybe the case would have been handled differently. I'm waiting till Fawn finishes scratching. If Lauren was white, maybe the case would have been handled differently and have been covered more seriously besides just Instagram or Twitter. Women of color are victims too and should not have their cases overlooked. Y'all saw how hard the public rode for Gabby Petito. Let's keep that energy for others, and that's all I'm going to say on that. So luckily this March, 
Um, and the lawsuit were not in vain. On January 30th, 2022, Detective Cronin was placed on paid leave under an internal affairs investigation. Mayor Joe Ganim had requested this through the city's deputy police chief. But in late May, Detective Cronin returned to duty. And according to the Connecticut Post, the police union confirmed the the city decided not to arbitrate the case and reinstated him to full duty. But the family still seeks the answers they need. Crossland said, we will not stop until we get justice for Lauren and the thousands of black girls that go missing in this country every year. We owe them equal rights and justice regardless of race, and we won't stop fighting until we get it. Wow. So this family had put aside their grief um, in order to get some attention on this and do what the authorities were both paid and expected to do. But this isn't all. Another black woman was found unresponsive after an evening with a suitor on the same day that Lauren was found. In, in the in same the area? area. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'm taking it over to Hartford Courant. So Courant.com. After two Connecticut women died, police never notified their families. Here's what lawmakers are doing. And this is by Daniela Altamari. Woo! There we go. And on March 9th of this year. Stop it! That Dude, if, so I see, weird. if I see your birthday one more time, not to mention all these January birthdays I keep finding. Even the boy on the boy in the box was even born in January. That's wild. Anyways, okay. So on December 13th, Everett Smith got a phone call no father wants to receive. His only daughter, Lauren Smith Fields, was dead. At first it was surreal. I couldn't believe it, Smith said. My daughter was my baby girl. Smith Fields, a 23-year-old community college student from Bridgeport who hoped to become a physical therapist, had died a day earlier after a date with an older man she met on Bumble. The man called police on December 12th to say he awoke to find Smith Fields unresponsive. Her family had been frantically trying to reach her, but only learned of her death when her mother went to her apartment and was informed by her landlord. The deaths of Smith's, the death of Field Smith and um, another black woman from Bridgeport that occurred the same day has sparked calls for legislation requiring the timely reporting by the police of a death to the next of kin. House Bill 5349 was the subject of public hearing on Zoom before the legislature's Judiciary Committee on Wednesday. Lawmakers from both parties expressed sympathy for the families and vowed to pass the bill. I'm sorry you had to go through this, said Senator Gary Winfield, the committee's co-chairman, his voice cracking with emotion as he addressed the families directly. There are a lot of people who watch your situation and feel it deeply. A lot of people, when we pass this bill, will be better for the work that you've done, so thank you. The bill would require the responding officer to notify the next of kin as soon as practicable, but no later than 24 hours following the identification of a victim. Failure to do so could prompt an investigation by the state inspector general who has been empowered by lawmakers to review cases of police misconduct. If the officer is found in violation, their certification could be revoked. This law will help other families who are going through all the grief, pain, and heartache our family has gone through and is still going through, Deirdre Owen told lawmakers. Her sister, Brenda Lee Rawls, died on December 12th at the home of a man she knew. Bridgeport police never notified Owen or her family of Rawls' death. The family called the local hospitals and funeral homes before learning two days later that she had been taken to the chief state medical examiner's office in Farmington. Owen said she couldn't believe it. I said to my sister, if Brenda died, we would have 
we would have been notified, she told members of the committee. Bridgeport Mayor Joe Gannam issued a public statement apologizing for a lack of sensitivity and failure to police policy. On the part of two city police officers, he also testified in support of the bill. Acting Bridgeport Police Chief Rebecca Garcia did not return a call Wednesday seeking comment, but both families told lawmakers they had not received personal apologies from the mayor or the city. My daughter has been deceased for 88 days, Fields said, adding that her family has not been shown decency, sensitivity, and common respect by the police. When it comes to black and brown people, you need to treat us like we're human, she said. Smith called the police response an atrocity. When you watch television, you see that detective knock that detective knock on the family's door and break the news. He said, we didn't get that. We didn't even get a phone call. We had to search and dig and find out from a fourth party. Brian Anderson, legislative director of the union representing most municipal police officers, said he understands the anguish of families who lose a loved one, but he urged lawmakers to amend the legislation to require a police chief or administration officer to make the notification. A first on the scene officer often has his or her hands full in handling the death scene, Anderson said in written testimony to the committee. It seems more proper to place such a notification responsibility with management rather than rank and file officers. Representative Steve Staffstrom, a Bridgeport Democrat and co-chairman of the Judiciary Committee, noted the sad irony of the two women's death on the same day. It's incredible and tragic that we have two of these incidents to talk about, he said. The medical examiner has ruled that Smithfield's death was caused by acute intoxication due to combined effects of fentanyl, promethazine, hydroxyzine, and alcohol. The death was ruled accidental. A criminal investigation is ongoing. The medical examiner said Rawls' death was from um, natural causes. But also, she it, she didn't wake up. Um, let me try to find the actual. How old was she? Rawls was fifty two. So that's another thing that uh, the age the ages are different. They were just both black women. So if the bottom line is this specific police department is you know insensitive towards black families then so be it. Like, that's pretty much what they're showing. They're showing their true colors. However, um, you know, who's to say? I'm not trying to um, tarnish any reputations, especially because Lauren has passed away and Brenda have passed away. But if, I mean, if we mess around with drugs, drugs, are we going to tell our parents? No. Are we going to tell our siblings? Maybe. Um, If, you know, someone is doing coke or, you know, something to party on the weekends and maybe they mixed something or something was laced and they pass away, it's an accident, but their family is not going to know that they ever were messing around with that stuff. You know, they say Lauren had a diet. She had like a workout regime regime or whatever. Regime. Regime. Is it resume or regime? I think it's uh, regimen. Regimen. I'm taking this whole part out because I just embarrassed myself. But But no disrespect to her, but you know, she has a routine and our families know us one way. Our friends know us a whole other different way. And maybe our Bumble dates know us a whole other different way. So I don't know. I can't say for sure if she was murdered. I can't say for sure if this was an accident, but the bottom line is this 
police department did not handle these women and their families properly at all whatsoever. So, um, but it does make you wonder why did she have those things in her system? And if she was, you know, kind of partying on the side, it is heartbreaking for family to find out that that's what she was doing and that this could have been preventable. But at the same time, we need to know for sure. So do your due diligence and investigate it. Um, I just can't believe that that wasn't already a thing, like letting the... I thought, right, is it by state? Is it by city? Like, is it by um, district? I I thought so, too. I'm with you on that one. Um, But I am glad that they got in trouble for not notifying the family because that's awful. Or to hear it on the news or, you know, hear it on TikTok. Could you imagine? Yeah, I thought that was a thing. Maybe it's just in like Texas or something. I don't. Yeah, that it does happen. States. It does happen where someone is just on social media and they see that some a loved one has been found or oh, awful. Yeah. So as far as Brenda Lee Rawls goes, I'm going to take it over to NBCConnecticut.com, and this is February twenty second, twenty twenty two. The office of the chief medical examiner says a Bridgeport woman found dead in December died of natural causes. Brenda Lee Rawls, 53, died December 12th. Police treated her death as untimely and Rawls' body was taken to the medical examiner's office in Farmington for an autopsy. The coroner said Tuesday that Rawls died of cardiovascular disease brought on by diabetes. Rawls' family said they were never contacted about Brenda's death and they only learned about it days later when they weren't able to contact her. An acquaintance of Rawls told her family members that she had died, but he couldn't provide any other details. It wasn't until they called the medical examiner's office that they got confirmation of her death. The family said they felt Bridgeport police did not follow protocols and did not show adequate respect for Rawls and her family after death. Rawls died on the same day as 23-year-old Lawrence Smith Fields in Bridgeport. Um, So, yeah. So, bottom line is they didn't contact the family. That is insane. It's very troubling um, because that's their job. And, you know, families rely on being notified. So having to go look for someone is already, it's like a panic mode thing to have to look for somebody, but then to find out like, oh yeah, they did pass away (laughs) is just horrible. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that was um, just something that I wanted to make sure I discussed before we finished out the year on our podcast um, cause we heard about this, this case specifically because it was through Bumble and I'm not sure if the app spoke out or anything because I mean, they could at least put the police in, in contact with some of those people that women are last seen with right, their dates or something, but I'm right. sure they didn't want to get their hands dirty either. That's what's interesting about it is there are so many companies and apps that it's like, we, we're not saying like they're liable or anything, but they could have helped um, with the authorities getting in contact. But like I said, they fully spoke to Matthew LaFountain or LaFontaine, whatever, and let him go. So, I mean, uh, and then with the mom finding that condom, one of the police officers was like, well, yeah, we wouldn't need to like collect that because it was probably like consensual and we saw him. He was right there. Why do we need the DNA? But still, it was just like, they could have collected everything and, yeah, and turned it in. More. Even, I don't know, I fucking, the whole thing. Right. Um, 
Isn't there another case that involved Bumble and someone getting murdered? I want to say yes, but I don't remember names. I wouldn't know where to... Let me look it up, actually. Let me see. Bumble date. Mm, it looks like Lauren Smith Fields is the only one popping up. Unless it was a different app, because there's so many dating apps now. It's just funny to me because they didn't even have to go find him. He was just there, and he, thankfully, he called the authorities. So I guess maybe that was their one thing they went off of to say, well, that he couldn't be guilty, because why would he call us instead of just leaving? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right, because, yeah, exactly. Like, it might even have been his fault, accidental or not. You know, like, he was like, hey, you want a party? Let's take this and drink that, you know? And it, she overdosed or she, you know, it, the combination was toxic. So, mm -hmm. anyways, um, it's just frustrating. So, guys, like, literally, nobody is safe. Nobody is safe on these apps. Please be careful. Um, she even had the guy come over to her apartment because she felt safe there. Like, do you see? Like, it just, it sucks. So, yeah, that's nuts. Mm -hmm. That's really um, scary to think about, too, though. Like, cops are just like, well, I mean, there's other cases, too, that are like that. But, like, that they just say, well, yeah. looks like uh, mm -hmm. it was accidental. So, bye. Right. All right. That's it. Case closed. Right. Taking it and for what it just, looks like. And then they don't say anything to her family. That's just insane. And then, yeah, and why take the money and all that? Like, that wasn't... Yeah, anything. that doesn't make any sense either. Like... Did they keep it? I don't even know what... Why would what, they what take would they her have money? Done? Yeah, it was cash. It was literally just in cash on her counter why or something in that? her house. I have no idea. But they won't take the condom or the bloody sheets or... I would definitely take no. the bloody sheets, like... Yeah, because they could at least say, like, where the blood came from, which he said it was from her nose, so it, it might just be from her nose, but still. Um, I don't know. It just seems very weird. And he he woke up at 6 in the morning to find her like that and claims that she was still alive at 3 in the morning, so when would she have taken these drugs? Would they have taken that long to kill her if the combination was toxic, or did she get up and take something else in the middle of the night that caused her to die immediately like no one knows the timeline of like what when her heart stopped beating and that's what's also very troubling because what if he you know strangled her and we don't know you know mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know weird just very weird um that matthew guy his picture is everywhere i wonder if he's gonna have trouble going on any more dates after that oh lord oh, i'm so sorry pepper is <laughs> it's you know, okay being super <laughs> fucking needy and loud she's adorable <clears throat> so that was very short but it is ongoing so if there is ever an update i will provide that it's a quick and creepy pretty much it's a quick and creepy but um yeah, I, if we have any other things, any other loose ends to tie before we um, conclude the year, that would be, now would be the time, if you can think of anything. Um, 
I cannot. My brain isn't working. I know. Me neither. <laughs> I feel. And then once we're not recording, I'm going to be like, oh, my God. Ooh, I know, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Other than the CIA files that are being released. Oh, my God. Yes. Me and my brother were talking about that. One more thing for Lauren Smithfield's case. There is an activechange.org petition still up. I signed it today. There are 63,883 signatures out of the 75,000 that they would like to reach. So it's getting very close um, for, let me just read the thing. It says yet another black woman whose case is going ignored and unsolved. Lauren Smith fields was found dead in her apartment after a bumble date with an older white man on December 12th, 2021. Her family has said she wasn't a drug user. Her date was the last to see her alive yet. Police say he doesn't need to be investigated and his identity is unknown. Her family was very unhappy with the way her case was handled and even paid for a second autopsy themselves. No more work on this case has been done after almost a month. Her story is not being shared enough and isn't getting the attention it desperately needs. Please sign this petition. Okay. Um, so we did touch on the fact that it could possibly have been what they said it was, which is a combined amount of substance to, substances that she took herself, but the due diligence was never there. So if you agree, go ahead and sign that change.org petition. Um, and the Bridgeport police are asking anyone in, with information to contact Lieutenant Charles Johnson at 203-449-2195 or the, the Bridgeport police tips line at 203-576-TIPS, T-I-P-S. Um, thank you guys for listening. This is an important case that is an ongoing investigation essentially, but no moving parts are moving currently. So let's hope for justice for Lauren Smithfields if there was any um, foul play. Uh, so that covers that. Please be safe out there, guys. I know, you know, maybe on our to-do list is find a partner. And the best way to do that now is on these apps. Make sure you tell people who you're meeting, where you're going, you know the deal. Put your your find my iPhone on, make sure your location is on. You can never be too careful. Um, Absolutely. So I know that we want to be, you know, young, wild and free out there, but it's just, it's just not possible. That's a sad thing. So everybody enjoy yourselves. Have a happy new year, a safe new year. Please no drinking and driving. There's Uber, there's Lyft, there's fucking walking. You can crawl home and I won't judge you. Please do not get behind the wheel of a car when you are intoxicated. Um, so yeah, everybody stay safe and uh, stay fly. You know what I'm saying? It's about to be the best year of our lives next year, guys. Strap in. We'll see y'all in 2023. Bye. Bye. Oh, did you want me to do it? Should I still do it? <laughs> yes. So, did we give you the creeps?